What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I am back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. And on this episode, I am going to be talking about Zach Wilson and his training camp struggles. Should Jets fans be concerned? I'm going to be previewing some more week one NFL preseason matchups. I want to be talking about the Dolphins taking on the Chicago Bears, the Broncos taking on the Minnesota Vikings, the Dallas Cowboys taking on Arizona, and the Buffalo Bills taking on the Detroit Lions. Now, before I start and get into it, if you are a first time listener of the podcast, make sure that you guys go ahead and leave a five star review. Gurley helps the podcast out. Also, if you aren't following me on my social media platforms, make sure that you guys follow me on my Instagram and Twitter. My Instagram and Twitter is both JT Sports underscore. Once again, my username to my Instagram and Twitter pages is JT Sports underscore. And lastly, make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel, which is JT Sports. Let's start off with Zach Wilson. So, over the weekend, a lot of my homeboys have been sending me a lot of articles talking about how Zach Wilson has struggled during training camp for the New York Jets. Now, I understand what a lot of people are trying to do. A lot of people are trying to push this narrative that Zach Wilson is going to be a potential bust. And there are a lot of people out there who have been saying that Justin Fields should have been drafted ahead of Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson was overrated. And I understand what a lot of people are trying to do. And I'm not falling into this trap because this is the same trap that you same people trying to push this narrative that Zach Wilson is going to be a bust. You try to do the same thing with Justin Herbert last season. I'm not buying it. There is a reason why this is called training camp. Get it? Training camp. Training camp is supposed to prepare you for the regular season. You're not supposed to come into training camp and just ball out every single day. And one of my friends, um, the Juice Alert, was saying, well, I don't see these same articles being written about Justin Fields or Mac Jones. You got to understand something. The New York media is very harsh. They're very harsh on how they judge their players. And I'm not trying to say, you know, Chicago and the Patriots media isn't as harsh as New York media. But everybody knows that the New York media is really harsh and really critical of their players. So when you look at Justin Fields, Justin Fields has had some down days. Mac Jones has had some, you know, bad performances. Even though the majority of their two performances have been good, there have also been some down days. That's part of the NFL training camp grind. You're going to have some good days. You may have a great week and then have a terrible week the next. What matters is i rather my young rookie quarterback struggle in training camp than struggle during the regular season. Okay? Like, it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. Zach Wilson is making the transition into the NFL game compared to college football last year. Last year around this time, he was preparing for the upcoming college football season. Now he's comparing for the NFL season. A lot of people think that every new up-and-coming rookie quarterback who was drafted high in the first round is supposed to burst onto the scene like a Joe Burrow and a Justin Herbert. I'm here to tell you guys that that's not going to be the case. Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, their rookie seasons last year were phenomenal. You're not going to see a lot of those rookie seasons out of the next up-and-coming rookie quarterbacks for the next couple of years because Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are really special. Justin Herbert, if he had the Chargers in playoff contention, he was putting on MVP caliber numbers. Literally, if the Chargers would have made it into the playoffs, Justin Herbert could have been in the MVP discussion. He was that good. He had the greatest season ever for a rookie quarterback. Joe Burrow was on a similar path. If he never got his season cut short, he also would have been in that discussion to have one of the best seasons ever for a rookie quarterback. You're not going to see a lot of Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow type rookie seasons out of rookie quarterbacks every single year. So when you look at Zach Wilson... I think that a lot of people are too quick to hit the panic button. It's just training camp. I remember a couple, I remember like not too long ago when Tua had that bad practice in the rain. People were trying to say, oh, the Dolphins need to abandon ship on Tua. And now look at Tua now. Nothing but great things about him being said during training camp. You see a lot of you guys panic too much. You guys try to sell stock on somebody before you even let the stock grow. So it's like the stock market, right? So there are a lot of people who are into meme stocks 
And the thing with meme stocks is, meme stocks is that everybody wants to squeeze quickly. They want to get into a stock real quick. They want the stock to go up as quick as possible. Then they want to sell off. But when the stock ends up not starting out too good and the stock starts to tank, everybody wants to abandon ship. Nobody wants to be patient. Everybody wants that quick success. Everybody wants that overnight success, but nobody wants to grind for it. Nobody wants to stay patient. Nobody wants to stay down. That's the problem with a lot of women in this generation, in my generation. You know, there's a lot of women who don't want to wait for a man to come up. They just want everybody to be a millionaire. I'm 19 years old and people expect me to be driving around in a Lamborghini. They expect me to have a network of $100 million. What happened to being patient? What happened to staying down for your man to come up and be successful? You know, everybody wants that overnight success nowadays. And that's a similar thing for Zach Wilson. Everybody just expects Zach Wilson to be great right out the gate. And that's understandable because he was the second overall pick behind Trevor Lawrence. But all I'm trying to tell you, all I'm trying to tell you is listen. Don't pay too much attention in the training camp, okay? Every quarterback's going to have their down days. Every quarterback's going to have their good days. You're going to have a quarterback who may start out training camp really great, and he may end training camp on a very low note. What you need to be paying attention to is how much Zach Wilson improves from those bad days because eventually when the regular season comes around, that's where you want to see Zach Wilson at his full peak. I'd rather Zach Wilson struggle now than struggle during the regular season. And on top of that I want to point this out there has never been a quarterback draft in the first round that has been a bust that was drafted by a great coaching staff and a great team if Robert Sala has assembled a coaching staff that we think he has and he's as good as a coach as we think he is or he will be then Zach Wilson should not be a bust I've never seen a quarterback drafted in the first round by a good head coach window being a bust so when I look at Zach Wilson If Zach Wilson is on a very good coaching staff, then I don't have any problem with how he's going to perform this year. A lot of you Jets fans have to pay attention to the coaching staff because it's the coaching staff's job to get Zach Wilson prepared come week one. So even then... There are some responsibilities that do lie on Zach Wilson, but overall, I think Zach Wilson is studying his tail off. I think he is grinding hard to try to get ready come week one, and the transition process is different for every single player. Every single player is going to have their difficulties, and they're going to have their strengths when it comes to transitioning to the NFL game. You're going to have some quarterbacks who transition from college to the NFL easier than others. You're going to have some quarterbacks who, you know, the adjustment period may take a lot longer compared to the other rookie quarterbacks that they enter the league in everybody develops and everybody learns at different rates so if you're a Jets fan don't panic about these Zach Wilson training camp struggle stories like all you really need to be concerned about is how much Zach Wilson improves the goal every day for everybody living on this earth should be be better get better at least one percent than what you were yesterday Okay, even though it's 1%, you're still 1% better than what you were when you woke up the other day. So for Zach Wilson, I'm looking at this. Okay, how's he going to perform in these preseason games and how's he going to perform after this? Is he going to continue to grow or is he going to end up continuing to not be all that great there in training camp and pick things up before the regular season begins? Because you should want your quarterback to be clicking on all cylinders come the start of the season. Your quarterback, if he struggles at the start of training camp, then you shouldn't have, you know, that big of worries as long as he improves, as long as he's ready to go come week one. And the Jets need to have him ready to come week one because who else are you going to start over him? James Morgan? Yeah, I strongly doubt you're going to start James Morgan week one so it's on the New York Jets coaching staff to have Zach Wilson ready to play and have a game plan ready to get him into week one form okay like I'm not tripping over him struggling right out the gate come training camp there's a reason why this is called training camp it's to improve Okay, you're not supposed to be balling out right out the gate in a training camp. Okay, yeah, you may have some quarterbacks who ball out, but remember, everybody was saying that Dwayne Haskins was balling out during training camp for Washington, and we saw how that went. There were stories out there that Mitchell Trubisky was balling out during training camp for the Chicago Bears, and we saw how that went. You have a lot of people who, when it comes to covering training camp, who are extremely biased because there's a lot of players who end up balling out during training camp. Then when the regular season comes around, They don't do anything. The New York Jets media is very harsh and they're very critical. And they're dead honest. If you're playing bad, they're going to let let the world know that you're playing bad. 
If you're playing great, they're going to let the world know that you were playing great. A good instance of this last year was around this time. There was a story coming out that the New York Jets offense got outplayed by the second team offense. And they could barely move the ball down the field on the second team defense. And we saw how that went. The Jets offense was not good last year. They were one of the worst teams in the NFL. And they parted ways with Adam Gase. And everybody just thought it was malarkey. But one thing about New York Jets media, they always tell the truth the majority of times. So, is Zach Wilson struggling right now? Yes, he is. But I definitely have a lot of confidence that he's going to improve. Not just because, you know, I'm a big Zach Wilson fan, because a lot of you guys think I'm a Zach Wilson fanboy. It's not because that's because I trust the coaching staff. I trust Mike LaFleur, and I trust Robert Sala. Good coaches are going to put their players in positions to succeed, okay? I, I'm going to restate this one more time. I can't recall the last time there was a quarterback draft in the first round that was a bust on a good coaching staff. So when I look at the New York Jets, if Robert Sala is the head coach that we all think that he is, Zach Wilson should be pretty solid this upcoming rookie season. There's going to be some ups and downs to having a rookie quarterback. That's just part of developing. You got to you gotta go through growing pains. You got to go through rough patches so you can come up on top. So I'm not concerned about Zach Wilson's training camp struggles. And if you are a Jets fan, you shouldn't be concerned about him neither. You should just be seeing how much Zach Wilson improves over the next couple of weeks heading into the start of the regular season. Moving on, I want to preview a couple of preseason games for week one. I already previewed a couple uh, like on this past weekend. I did the Falcons. I did the Steelers and the Eagles. So now moving on to some more preseason games. I want to start off with the Miami Dolphins taking on the Chicago Bears. This game is going to be played on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, some things to watch for the Miami Dolphins. How will the offensive line perform? The Miami Dolphins had one of the youngest offensive lines in the NFL last season in 2020. They were starting a lot of young guys. You have some rookies there, and there were some ups and downs, and that's you know, to be expected when you have a young offensive line that is still learning and still transitioning from college to the NFL. I want to see how the offensive line is going to perform in this preseason game against the Chicago Bears. You still have some positions that have to be worked out, and this is going to be a really good test against a pretty solid Chicago Bears defensive line that has not only good starting players, but they also have good backups, and they have a lot of depth on their defensive line. Now, another thing that I'm going to be watching for the Dolphins in this preseason matchup is going to be what are going to be the wide receivers behind Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, and Jalen Waddle? Now, last year, the lack of wide receiver depth really hurt the Dolphins. Outside of Devontae Parker, you didn't really have any depth. You had Preston Williams, who got his season cut short as well. So now, in this past year's free agency and during the draft, you draft Jalen Waddle, you sign Will Fuller in free agency, you have Alan Hearns coming back, you have Albert Wilson back as well, and you have one of the deep deepest wide receiving course that you have had in a very long time if you are a Dolphins fan you should be confident that if one of these wide receivers goes down that you should have somebody else who can come off the bench and pick up the slack so who's going to be wide receiver four behind Fuller Devontae Parker and Jalen Waddle well you got Lynn Bolden who you acquired from the Las Vegas Raiders last year I don't really know what Lynn Bolden is going to be in the Dolphins offense. I don't know if he's going to be more of a gadget player. Are they legitimately going to try to use him as a wide receiver? Or is he going to be like a Cordell Patterson, more like a special teams guy? I think that remains to be decided. You have Isaiah Ford, who has been on the Dolphins roster for a pretty good while now. And I would like to see Isaiah Ford get a little bit more opportunities because I definitely feel like when he's on the field, he does make an impact. I think that this could be the preseason that he finally breaks out. Then you got Alan Hearns. Now, Alan Hearns probably would be my lead candidate to be wide receiver four behind Fuller, Waddle, and Parker, simply for the fact that he has pretty good hands. He runs pretty solid routes. You got Jakeem Grant, who's also really explosive in the open field. Same thing with Albert Wilson. He's really good when he gets the ball in his hands. So, 
me personally, I think that is going to come down to Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson. Now, I am definitely not sleeping on Jakeem Grant because I know there's a lot of Dolphins fans that are big Jakeem Grant fans, but I definitely think that this position battle probably could come down to Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson, and I think Isaiah Ford could be a dark horse. Isaiah Ford could have a really good rookie season. He's been on this Dolphins team for a while, and I think this preseason he could make his presence felt. Then you have the free safety position. Javon Holland, rookie safety out of Oregon, was one of my favorite safeties coming out of this past year's draft. He reminds me a lot of Antoine Winfield when he got drafted by the Tempe Buccaneers last year in the second round. He has good instincts. Um, he has high football awareness. He's always around the ball. And he has been getting a lot of rave reviews coming out of training camp for the Dolphins. So I definitely want to see how he's going to perform in this game. You got to remember that the Miami Dolphins released free safety Bobby McCain, who a lot of Dolphins fans were highly vocal against the move. They love Bobby McCain. He was a captain. He was a big leader in the locker room. He did a lot for the community. So there were a lot of Dolphins fans who were unhappy about the decision to release him. Well, now you got Javon Holland. Javon Holland could be an upgrade from Bobby McCain. You got to remember, I don't think Bobby McCain was a terrible player. Like Bobby McCain, from what I hear from a lot of Dolphins fans, was pretty solid. Okay, like he could have been better, but he wasn't bad. So you look at Javon Holland, and the fact that people think that he could be better than Bobby McCain, I think Javon Holland could be a sleeper pick to end up winning defensive rookie of the year this year. He could have a similar impact to what Jeremy Chen had last season. Now, when it comes to the Chicago Bears, obviously all eyes are going to be on first round quarterback Justin Fields. Now, somehow, some way, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy got blessed by the football gods, and they were able to have Justin Fields pretty much fall all the way into their lap. All they had to do was trade up, and this is what they definitely needed. And Justin Fields has kind of injected some juice into this franchise because a lot of Bears fans were kind of disappointed at the fact that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy pretty much said that they were going to go full throttle on trying to improve the quarterback position this offseason. All you really had to show for it was Andy Dalton. There were a lot of Bears fans who were angry. So the fact that you got Justin Fields, man, like has to be a solid release because it looks like he could be the QB of the future. He has performed pretty well during training camp so far. So I want to see how Justin Fields is going to look in this game. Now, I predict that he should get a good amount of reps in this game. I don't know if we're going to see Andy Dalton or not. We may see Andy Dalton. We may not. But Justin Fields probably should get a pretty good amount of playing time in this game against the Miami Dolphins. And I think that he should have a pretty good performance because the Miami Dolphins don't really have a lot of great depth, in my opinion, at cornerback. So I definitely think that the Bears could have a stud in Justin Fields. And I think that he could have a really good preseason game against the Miami Dolphins. You also got to look at another thing is the wide receiver position for Chicago. Now, we know that they have Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson, but who are the other guys? Okay, you still got Riley Ridley. You still have Javon Wims. You got Demir Bird. You have Marquise Goodwin. You have a lot of speed at wide receiver this year, but I don't really know who's going to be that slot receiver. I think that's something else to keep tabs on. You're going to see a lot of wide receivers in this game, and I think the Bears are going to try to dial up a lot of deep shops in this game because I think what the Chicago Bears are going to do now is they're going to be a team that's going to be heavily relying on play action and trying to throw the football down the field. Matt Nagy a couple of weeks ago said that he wants to take more shots deep. He wants the offense to be a little bit more aggressive, and I definitely feel like in this game we're going to see Chicago try to dial up a lot of deep shots really early, which is something that... You don't really see you don't really see a lot of big plays down the field in the preseason because the offensive line play isn't the best. So I'm eager to see how Justin Fields performs in this game, especially considering the fact that the Chicago Bears have pretty good death at wide receiver and the Dolphins don't really have a lot of death at cornerback. Speaking of cornerback. Do the Bears have any depth at cornerback? I'm not really all that happy with the depth that the Miami Dolphins have at cornerback, but the Chicago Bears cornerback situation may be even worse than the Miami Dolphins. As a matter of fact, it is worse than the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins, okay, you have Xavier Howard, who is now staying as he restructures his deal. You still have Byron Jones. You have Noah Igbenogany there. Like, 
Their death is bad, but I think the Chicago Bears' death is even worse. You got Desmond Trufant, and you got Jalen Johnson. Outside of that, you have rookie out of Oregon, Thomas Graham, Artie Burns, and Jalen Tabor. And coming from a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I can tell you, if you need Artie Burns to start at cornerback for you this year, you are going to be in a lot of trouble, boy, because he lives up to his last name, Burns, because that's all he did when he was a starting cornerback for Pittsburgh. He got burnt. And I'm not saying this because I'm a better Steeler fan. I'm saying this because I'm telling you the God honest truth. If you try to already burns out there at cornerback, you are going to get burnt. No pun intended, but I think he would be better if they moved him to safety. Jalen Tabor, I'm really interested to see what happens with him because he had a lot of hype coming out of Florida a couple of years ago. It didn't really work out when he first came into league with Detroit. And I want to see him succeed. I was a big fan of his coming out of Florida. He doesn't have that good lateral speed down the field, but I do believe that in the right scheme, in the right defensive system, he could be a pretty solid corner. So I also want to see how he performs in this game. Now, the players I'm going to be watching for the Chicago Bears Obviously, we're going to be watching rookie quarterback Justin Fields. I want to see how rookie wide receiver Daz Newsom does in this game. I think he also could be competing for some early playing time. You got rookie left tackle Tevin Jenkins, who I'm really excited to see because of the Brett Coleman video, which pretty much went viral. You got rookie right tackle Larry Borum, who my guy Fawzan Sports was really excited about. He's really high on him. He's been getting some pretty good reviews during training camp and cornerback Jalen Tabor. For the Miami Dolphins, I'm going to be watching wide receiver Isaiah Ford. I definitely think a lot of people are sleeping on him. You got Lynn Bolden, I want to see how he's going to be utilized. Offensive guard, Liam Eichenberg out of Notre Dame, should have got drafted in the first round. He is one of the better offensive linemen in this past year's draft class. He, it, uh, I don't know if he's going to start on the Dolphins off the line. I've seen some death charts, some projected death charts out there that say he will. And I see some projected death charts that have him right now as the second string. So I want to see how he does. You got edge rusher Jalen Phillips out of Miami. I definitely, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does in this game. This is a guy who a lot of people are picking to win defensive rookie of the year this season. Rookie, safety, Javon Holland. And lastly, Former first-round pick from 2020, cornerback Noah Igbenogany. Now, Noah Igbenogany didn't really have a great rookie season. It was more downs than there were ups. So, I want to see how he looks in this game going into year two. So, you guys let me know how you guys feel about the Dolphins taking on the Chicago Bears. Let me know down in the comment section down below what are some things that you're going to be watching. What are some key players that you're also going to be watching as well. Next up. We have the the Devil Broncos are going to be taking on the Minnesota Vikings, going on the road to Minnesota. This game is going to be played this Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff. I want to see how this quarterback battle for Denver looks right now because according to the training camp reports coming out of Denver, Drew Locke right now has a pretty significant lead in this QB1 battle over Teddy Bridgewater. Drew Locke has looked pretty solid. He hasn't really had a lot of turnover issues like he had last season. He's looking like a smarter, more efficient quarterback. Meanwhile, you have Teddy Bridgewater who has kind of had some uncharacteristic traits during training camp for Denver. When you think of Teddy Bridgewater, you think of a quarterback who's normally smart with the football. Well, I've seen a lot of reports come down to training camp that Teddy Bridgewater has had a lot of turnover issues during Denver. Now, as of the last couple of days, he has had some better performances. He had a really good performance on Friday, I believe. But overall, it kind of feels like Drew Locke is winning this quarterback competition as of right now. Now, obviously, I want to see what these guys going to do in a real game in the exhibition matchup against against Denver I think this would be a pretty good test I do expect both of these two guys to get significant amount of playing time Drew Locke probably could start this game out then we'll see Teddy Bridgewater take off like 
somewhere during the second quarter. He'll probably play like quarter two, three, and then we'll probably see Brett Rippin get some playing time late in the fourth quarter. So I think this quarterback battle for Denver is really interesting. And this is one of the most important quarterback battles in all of the NFL, if not the most important. Everybody's talking about Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mac Jones, and Cam Newton. But the two differences between those two teams and Denver is that those two teams, I believe, can make it to the playoffs despite who's at quarterback. The 49ers can make it to the quarterback rather they have the playoffs, rather they have Trey Lance or Jimmy G starting, and the Patriots can make it to the playoffs regardless if they have Max Johnson, Cam Newton starting. But for the Denver Broncos, they're in a different situation because if they're going to make a run at the playoffs this year, it's going to come down to how much they get out of the quarterback position this season. So... I'm really interested in seeing how this position battle continues to carry out as we go into this game. Now, who's going to start at center? Now, you did bring in Lori Cushenberry last year. He was a rookie. He started all 16 games for you during 2020. But you also have rookie center Gwen Merritt's. And this guy went viral. He had like some workout, some country workout, which really excited me. He also had the little jersey picture that went viral with him showing his belly and stuff like that. But I think this is a really interesting position battle to watch during this game as we see both him and Lloyd Cushenberry rotate in that center and potentially maybe Lloyd Cushenberry doesn't start at center for Denver this year. Also, who's going to be starting at right tackle for Denver? Remember, Jawan James got injured and he's out for the season like a couple of months ago before training camp even began doing a a workout um, away from the facility. So a lot of people believe that it's going to be Bobby Massey coming out of training camp. Bobby Massey has been getting a lot of first team reps at right tackle. So it looks like Bobby Massey is probably going to be the leading candidate in the clubhouse to win that starting right tackle job. But I want to see how he performs in this game because I do expect that we're going to see him taking a lot of downs. Now, the players that I am going to be watching for the Devil Broncos. I'm going to be keeping my eye on Drew Locke. I don't really care that much about Teddy Bridgewater. I care about the young, flashy quarterback that is Drew Locke, the new young toy, if you want to call that that. So I'm rooting for Drew Locke to win a starting job. So I'm going to be keeping my eye on him. I'm also going to be paying attention to rookie halfback Javante Williams out of UNC. Now, UNC last year in college football had the best one-two punch in the nation. You had... Javante Williams, and you have Michael Carter. Now, many analysts out there said that Javante Williams was the better back. And when you look at him, he's kind of like in somewhat of a position battle to see if he can end up taking that starting running back job from Melvin Gordon. A lot of Broncos fans aren't really all that high on Melvin Gordon. They say he's not bad, but he's not great. He's like a above average running back. You got a lot of people out there who believe that Javante Williams could really take that spot from Melvin Gordon. So I want to see how he performs in this game. Things to watch for the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, we're going to be watching rookie left tackle Christian Derisaw. This was somebody else who was one of my favorite offensive tackles coming out of this past year's draft class out of Virginia Tech. And Minnesota was really, really lucky to be able to trade down and still get the guy they wanted. So you look at him, how he's going to perform. He's going to have a big part of this offense in determining how good that run game is going to be with Dalvin Cook this year because that left tackle spot really kind of held back Dalvin Cook. If they had some better play out their left tackle position last year, Dalvin Cook probably could have been up there with Derrick Henry in terms of running for over 2,000 yards and being in that MVP discussion. Then who's going to start at that left defensive end spot? You have Stephen Weatherly, rookie Patrick Jones, and another rookie, Janarius Robinson, currently lifted on the death chart. And there's a lot of Vikings fans who think that Patrick Jones could be the surprise to start at that other left side of that defensive end position on the opposite side of the right defensive end spot. And I really like Patrick Jones. I was a big fan of his coming out of the draft. Janarius Robinson isn't bad neither. So I'm really interested to see how that plays out. Now, the players that I am going to be watching for the Minnesota Vikings, 
hopefully, crossing my fingers, Kellen Mond is going to be able to play in this game. He was listed on the COVID list, so hopefully he's going to be able to get off that and he's going to be able to play in this game. The Houston Texans wanted Kellen Mond, and potentially he could have been the guy who could succeed Deshaun Watson if Deshaun Watson does indeed want to get traded from Houston and Houston decides to give him away. So I want to see how Kellen Mond performs. Kellen Mond was pretty solid during his time for Texas A&M. Haven't heard a lot of negative things about Kelamon. He's been pretty solid during training camp. Jake Browning is still there, so those two could be competing for that backup quarterback job. Hopefully, Kelamon is able to perform in this game. Kelamon, he has like, when I look at Kelamon, I definitely can see him being the potential successor for Kirk Cousins when the Minnesota Vikings move on from him. And they invested a pretty high draft pick in them. They drafted Kellen Mond in the second round. So I definitely feel like Minnesota and that coaching staff and that organization has a lot of confidence that Kellen Mond could be the guy to lead this team moving forward when they prepare for life after Kirk Cousins. So I want to see how he performs. He has a pretty good arm. He has some mobility, not even some mobility. He does have a lot of mobility. Now he's not like a Lamar Jackson when he's going to gas you for like a 50, 60 yard touchdown run in like three, four seconds, but he does have good enough athleticism that you do have to account for it. And on top of that, I think his athleticism is kind of underrated per se. Then you have KJ Osborne. KJ Osborne didn't really see that much out of him last year, but he's been putting in a lot of work. As a matter of fact, he had a uh, video of him on the jug machine after one of the training camp practices that went kind of viral, you know, and then he get like a million views or something like that, but it was just being heavily talked about the NFL community about how much work he has been putting in after practice. Then you have rookie linebacker Chad Sherrod out of UNC. Now, I don't expect Chester Rock to start right away for Minnesota as he's still fairly new to the lineback position. A lot of you guys may not know this. But Chasserot initially started his college career as a quarterback, and then he changed his position to linebacker. So he does have a lot of great athletic traits, but he's still learning the position. Now, um, there has been a lot of great things said about Chasserot in terms of how far along he is in his development from head coach Mike Zimmer. He's been really high on him. So I want to see how he's going to fare in this game. Then, lastly, I want to see how... This wide receiving core is going to look because the Vikings are really top heavy when it comes to wide receiver outside of Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson don't really have that much depth there. Now you did just recently bring in D.D. Westbrook who formerly spent time with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know if he's going to be able to suit up in this game or not, but I want to see. What other wide receivers behind Jefferson, D.D. Westbrook, and Adam Thielen are going to be able to come on and make plays? Because even if you do have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and D.D. Westbrook playing at a very high level, you still need to have a wide receiver four and five that you can depend on. So that's something else that I'm going to be looking at in this game also. The Dallas Cowboys are going to be on the road taking on the Arizona Cardinals. This game is going to be played Friday, 10 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff. The Dallas Cowboys lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Hall of Fame last week, 3-16. One thing that I'm definitely looking forward to in this game from the Dallas um, perspective is going to be the cornerback battle. The cornerback battle is one of the more interesting position battles in all of the NFL because Dallas, outside of Trayvon Diggs, they have a really good cornerback two battle going on between two rookies. You got rookie cornerback Kelvin Joseph out of Kentucky and rookie cornerback Nashawn Wright out of Oregon State. Now, Nashawn Wright is Somebody who basically came out of nowhere. Now, I understand that the Cowboys did use like a mid-round pick on him. So, it's not like this guy was an undrafted free agent. So, they drafted him for a reason. And he has performed pretty well. And when I was going over reports prior to the Hall of Fame game, when I was making my Steelers versus Dallas Cowboys Hall of Fame preview, I didn't really see anything about Nashawn Wright. As a matter of fact, the only guys I really saw in this cornerback two battle was Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown, and Kelvin Joseph. Well, Nashawn Wright got a lot of playing time last week against Pittsburgh he had one bad play when he got beat by Chase Claypool down the field but outside of that he was pretty good so he has long arms he has pretty good length 
I'm really excited to see what he does in this game. Then on top of that, you got Kelvin Joseph. Now, we didn't really get to see a lot out of Kelvin Joseph, not because he wasn't starting. He did have like a significant amount of playing time last week, but I didn't really see a lot of plays out of him. Now, you can't blame that on the quarterback play. Maybe quarterback's not throwing it to his side that much. But hopefully he gets targeted a little bit more this week. I feel like he did a pretty decent job, even though he wasn't targeted all that much. But I would like to see him get tested a little bit more this game than what he did last week during the Hall of Fame game. So pretty much it looks like this cornerback two battle is coming down to two rookies, Kelvin Joseph and Deshaun Wright. Now I'm not ruling out Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown, but I've been seeing a lot of reports that have been uh, gassing up both of these two rookie cornerbacks. And it sounds like whoever wins that cornerback two job is either going to be between Kelvin Joseph or Deshaun Wright as of right now. So I'm really interested in seeing how that battle heats up. You look at the backup quarterback position, Garrett Gilbert, Ben DiNucci, and Cooper Rush. I don't think any one of those guys played great, but I think they played okay. Garrett Gilbert, 19-13, 104 passing yards. Ben DiNucci was 7-17, 89 passing yards, one touchdown. But he did have two carries for 34 rushing yards. And Cooper Rush was 8-13 for 70 passing yards. None of those quarterbacks were able to get the Dallas Cowboys into the end zone. But... I do think that the quarterback play should improve. I don't think the off the line played all that great last week. Like Pittsburgh was getting so much pressure on the quarterback that it was really hard to get some downfield completions due to not really having a lot of time in the pocket. So hopefully the off the line play improves in this game compared to what it did last week because Pittsburgh's defensive line was getting the best out of the off the line for Dallas. And that should improve, like I said, the Hall of Fame game is like the first preseason game that's played. So, of course, you're going to have teams that are going to be hella rusty. They're going to have hella room for improvement. So, the off the line should be better in this game. Now, we still don't really know who the backup quarterback is going to be right now. It still looks like Garrett Gilbert is the leader in the doghouse. But it's going to be interesting to see how these three quarterbacks perform. Then you got a wide receiver four position battle that's going on. I still think that Cedric Wilson is going to win that fourth wide receiver spot behind Michael Gallup, um, Amari Cooper, and CeeDee Lamb. Cedric Wilson, I think he had a pretty nice game. He had two catches for 29 receiving yards. Would have liked to see him get targeted a lot more, but you know, the off the line didn't really give Gary Gilbert that much time. So hopefully Cedric Wilson gets a little bit more opportunity to show what he can do because I definitely believe that he can be that wide receiver three if Michael Gallup doesn't get retained by Dallas and ends up leaving the end free agency. Then you got Malik Turner. Malik Turner led the team in receiving yards last week with 47 he also had five targets four catches and he came out of nowhere i didn't even know who the hell this guy was and he balled out like this guy was making play after play so i want to see if he's going to be able to keep it up if he's going to have another solid performance in the second straight game got aaron turner who had two catches for 39 receiving yards as well so the wide receiver four battle right now I'm still leaning Cedric Wilson. I'm still 90% confident that he's going to be able to win it. But I'm not sleeping on Malik Turner if he can keep up the, keep up the performance. Then with the Dallas Cowboys deep to line and off the line improve because I believe that Dallas off the line got pushed around by Pittsburgh's deep to line. And if one of their starting off the linemen go down again this year, oh my goodness, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Same thing with the deep to line. I was kind of disappointed in how the deep to line performed. Their deep to line was pretty good against the run, but I just felt like their deep to line should have did a little bit better considering how much talent and depth they have at deep to line. Deep to line is actually one of the strongest parts of their defense going into this season in my opinion. Now, things to watch for the Arizona Cardinals. Who's going to be the starting running back? You got Chase Edmonds. He's the favorite right now, but James Conner been hearing a lot of good things about him, and James Conner is not a bad running back, by the way. The thing with James Conner is that he cannot stay healthy. Like, as a Steeler fan, like, I love James Conner, but he wasn't that fast. He didn't really have that quick shift off the edge, but he was a pretty solid back when healthy, so I don't think the Cardinals could make a mistake going with either James Conner or Chase Edmonds, but as of right now, 
now from what I've heard, Chase Edmonds is the leader, but I want to see how both of these two guys perform in this game. You also can't sleep on Eno Benjamin. Next, who's going to be the fourth wide receiver behind AJ Green, DeAndre Hopkins, and Christian Kirk? Got Andy Isabella, who they invested a high draft pick in not too long ago. He hasn't really been the player that they thought he could be. You Then you bring in rookie wide receiver Rondell Moore out of Purdue. I'm really excited to see him. He is really good when he has the ball in his hands, but he also has injury concerns that some people were kind of concerned about with him. And if it wasn't for those injury concerns, he would have been a lock for the first round. Then you have Keyshawn Johnson, who I like a lot. I think Keyshawn Johnson could be a really good deep threat for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm a big fan of Keyshawn Johnson, so I want to see how he's going to perform in this game. Then who's going to be the second cornerback on the opposite side of Byron? Murphy. Now, Byron Murphy is projected to be the number one corner on this team. So you have a battle between Malcolm Butler, who you brought in, and free agency, and Robert Alford. Now, there's a misconception that a lot of people have that they believe that Malcolm Butler is washed up. Malcolm Butler is not washed up. He is a pretty solid corner. Now, he's not a shutdown corner, but you're definitely getting a guy who is pretty solid. So, I don't really buy the narrative that Malcolm Butler is washed up. Robert Offer did get a lot of playing time last year for Arizona, so he also is in the mix, but I'm going to lean towards Malcolm Butler, but I want to see how that plays out. You also have some questions when it comes to the off the line when it comes to right guard interesting to see who's going to be winning that starting job so keep an eye on that right guard position in this game there's going to be a lot of guys who are supposed to be rotating at that right guard spot now the players i'm going to be watching for the arizona cardinals in this matchup going to be keeping my eyes on james Conner. I think that he does have a better chance to win that RB1 job than what a lot of people give him credit for. Wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson. Obviously, I'm going to be watching first-round pick Xavier Collins. You got rookie corner Marco Wilson. I want to see how he performs. Marco Wilson was heavily criticized by a lot of Florida fans. A lot of people thought he was terrible. Marco Wilson is not as bad as what a lot of people make him out to be. He's actually pretty solid. I felt like he was drafted where he should have been. Then you got rookie safety James Wiggins. I am a big James Wiggins fan. This guy is super athletic. He has high football IQ. Like, I thought he's one of the best safeties coming out of this past year's 2021 NFL draft. So, I want to see how he's going to perform in this game. He's probably not going to end up starting anywhere. He's probably going to be competing for one of those backup spots, either at free safety or strong safety. But it will be nice to see a little bit of James Wiggins in this game. Players I'm going to be watching for the Dallas Cowboys still keep my eyes on pretty much the same players that I were last week. Cedric Wilson, rookie cornerback Kelvin Joseph. Kelvin Joseph is my favorite player on the Dallas Cowboys, a.k.a. Bossman Fat. You got rookie cornerback Nashawn Wright. A lot of positive things. I want to see how he performs because you have that battle at that cornerback two spot that looks like it's coming down to those two rookies. Then, lastly, rookie linebacker Michael Parsons, who had a fumble recovery in the Hall of Fame game. So those are the players that I'm going to be watching for both the Arizona Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys in their upcoming preseason matchup. The last game that I want to talk about are the Buffalo Bills taking on the Detroit Lions. This game is going to be played this Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff on the NFL Network. Now, what I'm watching for the Buffalo Bills is going to be how would this running game look? Because this running game last year was not all that great. Now, some Buffalo Bills fans say that the running game wasn't great because they were just so dominant throwing the football with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and company that they didn't really have no reasons to run the football. And I definitely understand that. I do agree with Buffalo Bills fans who come to that conclusion to a degree, but I also feel like they just weren't a great running football team last season, which is why they had to rely more on the pass game. As a matter of fact, Josh Allen pretty much was carrying the load on the ground for Buffalo last year. So how is Zach Moss going to look? How is Devin Singletary going to look? And Matt Breida. Now, I'm still a huge believer in Devin Singletary. Like, 
he had a pretty good rookie season. Like, there were a lot of Bills fans who thought he was going to have a breakout season last year, and nothing really quite materialized. And it's not because of Zach Moss, because both of those guys had equal opportunities to take over as the lead running back, but things didn't really work out. So you have Buffalo, who is potentially looking at trying to snag a running back. A lot of people thought they were going to try to get Travis Etienne, but obviously that didn't happen because he got drafted by Jacksonville. And they were looking at more of a change of pace back, which I understand why they brought in Matt Breida. So I want to see how improved the running game is going to be. I expect that we're not going to see any of Josh Allen in this game. And if we do, he's probably only going to play like a series. And then we're probably going to see a lot of Mitchell Trubisky, which (laughs) good old Mitchell Trubisky, man. Good old Mitch. So I expect to see a good amount of Mitchell Trubisky, but I want to see how this running game is going to look. I need one of the, I need somebody to show me something. I need Zach Moss to show me something. Devin Singletary, somebody show me something because I definitely feel like Devin Singletary should be the starting running back. He does have the talent. No knock on Zach Moss, but he has that explosiveness. He can hit that hole. He can make that one cut, see the gap, and then accelerate. You look at Zach Moss, he's more of a power back. So I look at Devin Singletary, I'm still choosing him as the favorite to win this starting RB1 job, but I definitely hope that he has a pretty good performance against the Detroit Lions. Then how are the young pass rushers on the Buffalo Bills team going to look? You got rookie edge rusher Gregor Russo, rookie Carlos Basham out of Wake Forest. So you have a lot of young talent when it comes to the pass rush. And the pass rush was a big Achilles heel of the defense. I think it was the biggest reason why they were unable to dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs in this past year's AFC Championship game. So obviously... They have huge expectations setting forth for Gregor Russo. Gregor Russo, in my opinion, was the most overrated draft prospect in this past year's NFL draft. I kept telling people this for the whole entire process that Jalen Phillips was going to be the first pass rusher taken off the board. Gregor Russo is not the best edge rusher coming out of Miami. And a lot of people look at what Gregor Russo did a season ago back in 2019, but his stats were heavily inflated. A lot of his sacks came from the quarterback just holding the ball too long and running into the quarterback he doesn't really have a lot of pass rush moves he has a lot of good athletic traits he has great size he has incredible wingspan but he needs some more polish and he also needs to get some more pass rush moves which I definitely believe that the Buffalo Bills are working on that with him then you have rookie Carlos Basham and AJ Epinesa who is going into year two out of Iowa so I want to see how those three guys are going to look in this game and those guys definitely are going to have the opportunity to prove themselves because you're going to be facing and off against, you know, second string and third string offensive linemen. So I need those guys to come on here. And like I said about the running backs, I need to see something. I need to see a glimpse. I need a sack or two out of either one of these guys. Now for the Lions, my biggest concern really is going to be how's this wide receiver position going to look? Because their wide receiver position may be one of the worst in the NFL. You got Rashard Perriman. You got Tyrell Williams, which Tyrell Williams, I love Tyrell Williams. I think he's really underrated. When Tyrell Williams is healthy, I think he's a pretty good wide receiver. Remember, a couple of years ago, when Antonio Brown ended up getting released by the Las Vegas Raiders, and a lot of Raiders fans are trying to ponder who is going to be that wide receiver to pick up the slack, Tyrell Williams was really good that season. So if Tyrell Williams is able to stay healthy, I think he's going to be a really good fit for that Detroit Lions offense with Jared Goff. Now you have rookie wide receiver Amal Ross St. Brown out of USC, who a lot of Lions fans are raving about. I've been seeing a lot of good things about him out of training camp. A lot of people are saying that he's a... Another version of Juju Smith-Schuster, and he's projected to be that slot receiver for the Detroit Lions. You also have Quintez Cephas. I was hoping that my guy Jonathan Abrams would be able, or Jonathan Abrams, I think Jonathan Adams out of Arkansas State was an undrafted rookie for age, and I was hoping that he would be able to make it into the preseason, but he already got rid of my guy. Golly, Detroit. I was re- I was really high on Jonathan A- on Jonathan Adams coming out of Arkansas State. He had that big game against Kansas State, and they just let me go. I was like, "Dang it, man! Dang it! Dang it, man! You could have get Detroit. You could have gave my guy a preseason. You could at least gave my guy Jonathan Adams one preseason game. That's all I wanted to see. I just wanted to see my guy just get one preseason game, man. Godly, man. Ah, oh. got rid of my guy Jonathan Adams, man. 
But then also, I want to look at the cornerback position for Detroit. That's another position that I have a huge concern about. Like, you do have a Monte Rouye. Hopefully, Jeff Okuda is able to improve. But I don't really know how much depth they have behind those guys. Same thing with linebacker. Linebacker is probably one of the weakest spots on this defense as well. But... You do have rookie linebacker Derek Barnes, who I've been hearing a lot of great things. I heard that he's a team leader. He's been doing nothing but showing out there in training camp, and he's probably going to end up being a week one starter come the start of the regular season. So I'm really excited to see how he performs in this game. But those are going to be the most important positions that I'm going to be keeping my eyes out for the Detroit Lions in this game. Now, my players to watch for the Detroit Lions, I'm going to be looking at rookie halfback Jamar Jefferson. I don't really think he's going to be that much of a factor this year for the Lions run game unless he's like catching out of the backfield. But you already have Swift and you do have Williams. So Jamar Jefferson is more of a guy I'm looking at because I watched a lot of him when he was coming out of Oregon State and he should get a good amount of playing time in this game. Obviously going to be keeping my eyes out on rookie wide receiver Amar Ross St. Brown. Like I talked about earlier, there have been a lot of Lions fans who have been really impressed with what he's done so far during training camp. Defensive tackle, Alon Manil out of NC State. Um, I was really high on him. I feel like he was one of the more underrated defensive alignment prospects in this past year's draft. And I think that he could end up being a good rotational piece for the Detroit Lions this season. Now, players I'm going to be watching for the Buffalo Bills in this game. Obviously, Gregor Russo coming out of Miami. I want to see how much has he improved since then. Remember, this is probably this this is his first game of football in like over a year because remember he didn't play last year he chose to opt out of last year's college football season to prepare for the NFL draft so we haven't really seen Gregor Russo suit up in an actual game in like over a year or so so I want to see how he looks in this game I want to see has he improved his pass rushing moves does he have another move to add to his arsenal then you have rookie Carlos Basham, who also is in the same category as Gregor Russo, another young pass rusher. And I'm looking at both halfbacks, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, Matt Breida, and Christian Wade. I expect all those guys to get a significant amount of playing time unless an injury unfortunately happens with one of those guys. Christian Wade is really interesting because he has come from the International Pathway Program, which is basically like a little program for like international players to get into the NFL. So I want to see if he ends up getting some playing time in this game. But overall, those are going to be the players that I'm going to be watching for both the Buffalo Bills and the Detroit Lions in this upcoming preseason matchup. You guys let me know the players that you're going to be watching in this game down in the comment section down below. And this is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. If you're listening, make sure that you guys go ahead, leave a five-star review. If you enjoyed the podcast, share the podcast on your social media platforms with your friends, family, and acquaintances. Make sure that you follow me on my social media platforms at JT Sports underscore. And lastly, make sure that you guys subscribe to my YouTube channel. And I appreciate you guys for listening. And I will see you guys back with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast.